0: It's my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Pablo Martinez, to to introduce him back on ICMDA webinars because he's been with us before. And uh, empty pool syndrome. Well, the whole idea here is that you can compare your life to a swimming pool where the water is the energy. And there are two streams of water that need to occur at the same time. There's output, which is water coming out, our physical, emotional And spiritual energy but also input the water coming in which is our personal renewal and refreshment and wherever there's more output than input the pool gets empty little by little causing emotional and spiritual dryness and eventually leading to burnout so that's the basic idea and as christian doctors and dentists of course we should remember that a full life is not necessarily the same as a fruitful life and that god created us as human beings not human doing. so the purpose of this webinar is not making you work less but helping you rest and renew yourself better dr pablo martinez is a psychiatrist and he currently works at a private practice in barcelona in spain he has a wide ministry as lecturer and teacher in many european countries on topics like mind and faith the therapeutic value of the gospel and emotional problems or taking care of yourself which is also the title of a book he's written his books dealing with these issues have been translated into 16 different languages and pablo also has served the international christian medical and dental association as one of its vice presidents so pablo it's it's a delight to have you back here thank you for giving us your time and wisdom and we really look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Peter. Um, I'm very pleased to be with you for the second time. I remember uh, the last webinar when I was speaking on hope and patience, embrace each other. It was during the toughest moments of the pandemic. So uh, today we're going to talk about the empty pool syndrome. The summary you have made uh, certainly reflects very much the main ideas. I would like to give a subtitle, and it is Surviving and Thriving as Christian Doctors. Surviving and Thriving as Christian Doctors. There is a verse in the Old Testament, in the Song of Songs, which says, They made me take care of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I neglected. And in Acts 20, Paul says to the elders in Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. Billy Graham was once asked what would you change if you could start your life again and he replied i would preach only once a day somehow surprising the words of this respected man of god reflect a profound and most important principle a fruitful life is not the same as a full life, a life packed with activities and unceasing action. Medical medical doctors have a high rate of alcoholism, depression and suicide, higher than the average. What a paradox, the healer in need of healing, the wounded healer as Henry Nowen, the Dutch writer uh, would say, why are we in a more risky situation? Caring for our own vineyards is not a minor issue. The wisdom of the Bible warns us that in the same way that a bottle of perfume can be spoiled by a dead fly, remember the verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1, in the same way neglecting the care of ourselves can bring forth major consequences. Our own life, the well-being of our family and the quality of our ministry are at stake. Remember the wounded healer. We need to prevent becoming patients ourselves. We are more likely to neglect the care of our vineyard when we forget God's original design for us. Which is it? God made us human beings, not human doings. God made us human beings, not human doings. This may sound obvious, but very often we behave as if we were human doings. We should remember my dear colleagues, that our identity and value before God come primarily from who we are, not from what we do. Our identity and value comes before from whom we are, not from what we do. This divine design includes a balance between working and resting, giving and receiving. Now, if this balance is broken, we are in danger of making a mistake that has ruined the ministry of not a few Christian doctors and leaders. Which is this mistake? Caring for the vineyards of others while we neglect our own vineyards. So a word of caution and a word of encouragement in our webinar today. So let's remember that we are not human doings, but human beings. After many years of counseling as a professional psychiatrist, counseling Christian workers and Christian doctors, quite a number of my patients are medical doctors, I have come to a conclusion similar to Billy Graham's. The problem is not working too much, but resting, renewing ourselves too little. The problem is not working too much, but renewing ourselves too little. My goal in this webinar, therefore, is not to make you work less. This is not my purpose, making you work less, but to help you rest more and renew yourself better. We have to remember that exhaustion does not make us more holy. An exhausted Christian doctor is not a holier doctor. We tend to believe that the more we give ourselves quantity of time, energy, etc., the more holy we are. No. Quantity per se, does not make us more spiritual or better doctors. In second Corinthians, chapter eight, ch- chapters eight and nine, we discover an important principle on giving, offering and self-giving. Let's remember this principle where the Apostle Paul devotes two chapters on this issue. Generosity is primarily measured by the attitude and the purpose for which we do things. Notice how Paul is impressed by and praises the spirit behind the self-giving of the churches in Macedonia. He praises their attitude, and I quote now literally, You are welled up in rich generosity because you gave yourselves, first of all, to the Lord. Giving yourselves, first of all, to the Lord. Therefore, a generous self-giving life does not imply a masochist spirit that leads us to exhaustion. Great zeal for our work, great zeal for the Lord, does not mean, at least necessarily, great stress for us. Great zeal does not imply necessarily great stress. Exceptionally, in short periods of time, this may be so, but not as a long-term lifestyle because this is not God's will. The Scottish preacher Robert Murray McChain, young Scottish minister, lay dying at the age of 29, turned to a friend and said, God gave me a message to deliver and the horse to ride. Now I have killed the horse, so I cannot deliver the message. I think we as Christian doctors should remember that in our practice, we can fall in the same mistake, killing the horse, neglecting our vineyard. So this leads us after this introduction, that was all about the introduction. Let's consider three questions this afternoon. First of all, has to do with our title, Empty Pool Syndrome. What is the Empty Pool Syndrome? As Peter read in the introduction, we have to, we, we can compare our life to a swimming pool. Remember, in one of the healing acts of Jesus, he said Luke 8:46. 8, Luke 8.46. Someone touched me, because I know that power has gone out from me. This statement introduces us to a very important principle, a reality we can experience. A certain amount of energy is always required to perform our work adequately. Now, this is particularly true in the so-called caring professions, doctors in particular, where we are in direct contact with human suffering and human needs. In the so-called caring professions, we are giving ourselves a lot, even if we are unaware of it. Power has gone out from me every day when i'm working in my office with my patients in this sense we can compare our life to a swimming pool where the water is our inner energy two streams of water need to occur at the same time the output that is water coming out our physical, emotional, and spiritual energy, but we also need the input, the water coming in, which is our personal renewal and refreshment. Wherever there is more output than input, the pool gets empty little by little, causing dryness. And eventually leading to burnout. It's interesting to notice that in nature we see the same fact. We call this the principle of the two movements. Everything in nature has rhythms which are complementary alternations. Winter and summer, night and day, diastole and systole. One must follow the others. When this rhythm is altered, our life is at risk. Many Christian doctors have not learned to be in diastole and their life is in a permanent systolic movement. You can imagine the consequences of permanent systole. It was the French thinker and Christian scientist Pascal who made a very relevant statement in this sense. Most of the misfortunes of man come from the inability to stop and rest. Most of the misfortunes of man come from the inability to stop and rest. Now, how can we identify when the pool, our pool is getting empty? We as doctors know that prevention is better than cure. We should identify the warning symptoms before the pool is empty. Let me mention quickly the main symptoms. First one, very frequent and very subtle, irritability and impatience. Then, sleep problems a slower mind, that is, difficulty to concentrate, less energy, fatigue, lack of motivation, loss of excitement or enthusiasm about new projects or goals, pessimism and hopelessness. All these symptoms could be summarized in one attitude, one feeling. I give up, I can't go on. I feel like a battery that has run out of energy. Now a question for reflection in our own life. Try, my dear brothers and sisters, dear colleagues, try to check your pool regularly. Learn to identify the warning lights in your body and your mind to prevent the empty pool. Now let's move to second question. Why the output exceeds the input, the causes of the empty pool syndrome? As we said, some stress and weariness is inevitable in our profession. There is a cost in the caring of others, and particularly for the Christian doctor who sees the world with God's eyes. Nevertheless, a good deal of our weariness does not belong to this category, natural professional weariness, but it is the result of mistakes things that are not in order in our life. Paul Tournier called called these mistakes life mistakes. In this case, we should not say my work or a lot of work wearied me, but we should say some mistakes in my work wearied me. For these doctors, Chronic stress is a sign, a warning light of a deeper problem whose treatment does not lie in changing outside circumstances, the circumstances around, but in correcting our mistakes inside. So the remedy lies not so much in changing the circumstances around, but the mistakes inside. In other words, all lasting stress, all lasting fatigue, and I underline the word lasting, I'm not referring to acute punctual stress, all lasting fatigue is a sign and we need to understand its meaning, the message behind it. So the, or, the origin of weariness and dryness may sometime lie outside ourselves, but its prevention and treatment is always inside us. So let's review briefly the causes, the main causes of the empty pool syndrome. This is my second point this afternoon. First of all, I would like to to mention three causes. First of all, perfectionism, perfectionism. I call this the mistake of perfecting ourselves to death, perfecting ourselves to death. And this is the title of a book that a colleague of ours, Richard Winter, British psychiatrist, wrote, Perfecting Ourselves to Death. One frequent cause leading to the empty pool is working under too much pressure, a pressure that comes from within ourselves. It has to do with our own personality, our own emotional makeup. We tend to put too much pressure upon ourselves. This excessive self-demand is called perfectionism. Now we need to distinguish between compulsive perfectionism and biblical perfection. The latter is a search for excellence related to spiritual maturity and it seeks to please God. Whereas the former arises from our severe policeman inside. Compulsive perfectionism has to do with our severe policeman inside, what psychoanalysts call the super-ego, that hyper-conscience that tortures us and expresses a need to please others to gain the approval of people. It could be summarized in the sentence, never, nothing is enough. Never, nothing is enough. So be careful with perfectionism. Secondly, activism, the mistake of doing too many things. So first of all, the mistake of perfecting ourselves to death Secondly, the mistake of doing too many things. Dispersion, being involved in too many front lines jeopardizes both excellence and health. And this is particularly true for Christian doctors. Now, let me say that this problem many often arises from a blessing. Doctors are usually gifted people. And Christian doctors, I like to say, are multi-gifted people. Christian doctors are multi-gifted people. We are able to do many things well. And this is why we find it difficult to say no to areas of work, of service, which we are enjoying and and we can do very capably we find it difficult to say no. I would like to give you three practical suggestions here to change this mistake. First, try to have clear objectives and goals, a road map in your career, in your life. Second, learn to say no without feeling guilty. Learn to say no without feeling gu- guilty. Learning to refuse is essential to health. I like to say that, uh, and this is my own experience, the word yes is very powerful, but the word no is probably the healthiest. The word yes is very powerful, but the word no is probably The healthiest and first suggestion review your concept of success in the light of the bible review your concept of success in the light of the bible goods to a ship is more important than immediate and visible results so to close this point being fruitful is not the same as being successful. Being fruitful has to do with character and attitudes rather than results. In a fallen world, subject to the curse of sin, results are not reliable. Actually, they may may be very tricky. Thirdly, The third enemy, loneliness, the mistake of being an island. Loneliness is one of the greatest enemies of Christian leaders in general and doctors in particular, Christian doctors. And this is the third cause leading to the empty pool. We should not forget that many of the moral faults Of the leader, including doctors, are incubated in isolation and loneliness. We cannot be a rock and an island, as Simon and Garfunkel in their song said. We cannot be a rock and an island at the same time, because, as they said, silence, loneliness, like a cancer, grows. Silence and loneliness, like a cancer grow if we want to be a rock we cannot be an island isolation weakens weakens us as christian doctors in many ways and contributes to drain our energies so a practical suggestion here we need to build up personal support and accountability relationships Let me be very very practical here. I earnestly recommend you to create a small group of two or three persons and meet with them once or twice a year. I remember John Stott referring to the immense value of his own small group of supports. He called them Advisory Group of Elders, AGE. These small structures, two or three people, became incredibly valuable to prevent both burnout and moral fall. When we can share and discuss our burdens, our problems, our priorities, we feel supported and at the same time we make ourselves accountable. I like to call this the divine triangle. The divine triangle is sharing, accountability, and support. Sharing, accountability, and support in contrast with the devil's triangle loneliness, isolation, and individualism. Sharing accountability and support versus loneliness, isolation, and individualism. So let me emphasize the importance of building up, creating a small personal advisory accountability group. Choose two or three people who can help you take care of your own vineyards. Now our third and last question this afternoon, and I will devote about four, five, six minutes to this point and we close. Duties in the garden. We have seen the empty pool. We have seen the causes of the empty pool. Now we switch, we change the metaphor, the illustration, and we move from the empty pool again to the vineyard, to the garden. If you do not want to neglect your garden, remember the verse in the Song of Songs, some tasks are needed. These should be done regularly in the appropriate time. First of all, a gardener needs pruning. Pruning, learning to renounce. Pruning means learning to renounce and reduce. Good gardeners have to prune if they want their trees and plants to grow and bear fruit. As we said, dispersion is a subtle enemy, acting often as a silent killer. Be careful, be careful with dispersion, the silent killer. Again, two practical suggestions here. I wanted to give you a lot of practical suggestions for you to reflect. First suggestion, learn to do less in order to do better. Learn to do less in order to do better. As the architectures belonging to the minimalist school uh, say, less means more. This is the motto, the logo of minimalism. Less means more. Or as a Christian worker working with IFES for many years, Hans Bürki said, reduce, renounce, simplify. Simplify, that was the, the motto of his life. Reduce, renounce, simplify. Second suggestion here, be ready, be diligent to choose, and be courageous to change. Choices and changes are part of a healthy ministry. Be ready and diligent to choose, and courageous to make changes. Now the second task is watering learning to renew ourselves. If pruning strengthens the tree, water provides freshness, revitalization. When water is lacking, dryness follows. But as Isaiah, we read in Isaiah and also in other texts in the Bible, a well-watered garden will likely bear much fruit. Our problem is not working too much, but renewing ourselves too little. The key question here is how we can become like a well watered garden, like a spring whose water never fail. I'm coming to the end of our seminar. Our renewal comes essentially from relationships. I will just mention five relationships. You can find this much more in much more detail in my small book, Take Care of Yourself. Five key relationships in life which refresh ourselves. There are five areas available to the Christian doctors, which are like fresh water to us. Absolutely vital in our ministry and life. And we need to be watered by them family friends church fellowship church life nature including physical exercise and books books family friends church life nature and books five key relationships that water our life but Paramount for our renewal is the relationship with Jesus Christ, the spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus, the living water. The lack of, a, of personal spiritual nourishment causes progressive weakening and weariness, leading eventually to a neglected vineyard. We need, as medical doctors, as Christian doctors, we need to find a balance between our ministry and our monastery. A monastery. In the same way that we have a ministry, a profession, we also have a monastery, our own place to rest, to be still and to refresh our whole person a place and a time to be still and know that I am God. As a medical doctor, I am fascinated by the Ten Commandments, a superb program of social, spiritual and personal health. If you study each of the commandments carefully, you will discover their unsurpassed preventive prophylactic value. Their purpose was to preserve and to promote a good quality of life at all levels, spiritual, social, and emotional health. Through the Ten Commandments, God is sending us a threefold message. Take care of your relationship with God, the first four commandments. Take care of the relationship with your neighbor, and take care of yourself. May God help us. Be good stewards of our life and take good care of our own vineyards.
0: So, um, Pablo, thanks. Thanks again for your amazing. Uh, clarity and simplicity in in teaching deep lessons, we really appreciate it. The the challenge, of course, that many doctors and dentists have is that it seems that the demands and the needs on us far outweigh our capacity to deal with them. And uh, often those demands uh, are coming not... Not just from inside, but from the number of patients coming through the door or perhaps the expectations of those who are supervising us and pushing work in our direction. Uh, You've given some helpful advice about uh, how to learn to say no and uh, without feeling guilty. I wonder if you could just unpack that a bit more in terms of especially helping us to decide what in our over-busy lives, to say no to, and uh, and what to say say yes to. Any principles there?
1: Um, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not a. a I cannot have an, a simple answer. Um, but there are certainly some some keys that that help us. Uh, Again, the example of Jesus can be our model, our our framework. Um, Jesus had a clear goal, a general goal in his life, and then clear objectives in every different step. This is what I called a road map, helping us run the race of life. I think it will help us a lot to say no when we have this clear goals and objectives map. Because um, otherwise we get lost in the way. Um, let, let me give you one example um, of my own Personal life. If um, if a patient asks me to spend more time in the in the session or with him with her than it is the average or expected, I should be very clearly. I should have very clearly in mind that this is justified by the needs of this patient. Otherwise, we have to stick to the assigned time. Otherwise, we would be totally swallowed, destroyed by the demands of people. It is in this sense that we have to learn to say no without feeling guilty. Because in the caring professions, because people, many of them, are affected by all kinds of suffering, the needs are endless. The needs are endless and our resources are not endless. We have limited resources. So there is a point when we have to stop and that will be much easier when we have this clear map in our mind. Um, This is why I thought it was very important to avoid dispersion and uh, have these clear objectives and purposes. Again, I, this is not a simple answer and there is always tension in our life because the life of faith is a life of tension ultimately. So we, uh, we should be ready to say no. And at the same time, we should ready to be flexible but always having in mind our map road.
0: Thank you. So a a really clear set of objectives and priorities is is so important. You talked about the danger from the book of Ecclesiastes of of neglecting one's own vineyard while caring for the vineyards of others. And one of the big challenges for doctors and dentists with busy clinical uh, workloads is that they end up neglecting Uh, other areas of life, particularly family and friends, or the the other things you you mentioned as being important. Uh, It was church fellowship, nature, and books as well. Any advice on how to balance medical work or dental work on the one hand with these other priorities of family, friends, church, nature, books, and so on?
1: Well, in, in connection with... Uh, I think there is a connection between last question and this one. So let me, let me give you a bridge between the two questions. Um, I remember uh, Professor David Short, uh, who was Scottish uh, cardiologist and uh, a mentor to many of us. Uh, he had a small book called Medical Vocation. It's a treasure of a book. I don't know if it's still on print. Uh, I won't be, uh, I earnestly uh, recommend it to you. Um, Professor David Short said, do first the things you are paid to do. Secondly, do the things you have promised to do. And thirdly, do the things you would like to do. I find this order very helpful. So, first, the things you are prepared to do, then the things you have promised to do, and then the things you would like to do. Now, the things that we like to do many times are also our own needs. So, church fellowship, having time with family, having time with friends, reading, having time in nature, walking, hiking... All these are not luxuries in our life. They are not a luxury. They are an integral part of our life. It is very important for us to grasp this. The five areas I mentioned, and of course our spiritual life, the relationship with God, they are not side effects. They are not on the periphery of our life, but they are part of our life and this is why we should we should devote time and energy to this now what's the reason why many of us many christian doctors when they retire at the age of 65 or 67 or whatever age it is they go into depression why do they have a depression after retirement? Well, there could be several causes, but I think the main one is that they built up their identity, lonely or mainly on their profession. They built up their identity upon the basis of their profession. Remember what I said in the beginning, our primary identity is not based on what we do but on who we are and who we are has to do with being a good husband a good father a good son a good member in our church serving giving a good friend to our friends and fulfilling the lifestyle that jesus that that god wants us to to develop so this is why i say that all this different watering sources are so important because they are part of our life and we should not neglect them. Devoting your whole life only to work requires reviewing our motivation. We should review our motivations and sometimes there is some life mistake that we should try to identify and particularly review my brothers and sisters, my colleagues, I encourage you to review your concept of success. What is success? What is a successful life? Because the concept of success in the Bible is very different from the concept of success. I always remember, in again, in a, a book published by, uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, ICMTA or uh, the Christian Medical Fellowship, there is a very good book called Doctors Who Followed Christ. Doctors Who Followed Christ. And there is the, the biography uh, of Dr. Uh, Paul Brandt. Paul Brandt was again a great mentor. I I had the privilege to, to know Paul Brandt personally and spend some time with him. Paul Brandt for me is a great model of the balance between being professionally successful but at the same time being a man of God. Why? I think the reason, the main reason, is that he had very clearly in his mind the difference between success from the world's perspective, that is, honors, titles, doctorates, reputation, etc., and a life of service, being fruitful in God's service. That is a great help. There are other biographies apart from Paul Brand that can be helpful to you, but I found much inspiration in him, in this balance between our doing, our profession and our being. Let me close this question. I'm sorry, I'm uh, I'm speaking perhaps a little bit too much in this question, but I think it's a very important question. I would like you to compare our life to a triangle now imagine a triangle on the basis of the triangle we have the being and the being alongside being together with being and relationships and then in the vertex up in the vertex we find the doing now the older we grow and especially when we are retired the doing will almost disappear But when the doing disappears, we still have the foundation of our life. And the foundation of our life is our being, who we are, our character, and our relationships. Our relationships are very important. So doing is important, but more important than doing is being and being alongside. This is one of my favorite topics. And I would like to spend time talking about that, but I think it's enough. Remember the triangle. (laughs)
0: Thank you. And you talked about the triangles. You talked about the Devil's Triangle being loneliness, isolation, and individualism, and contrasted that with with the Divine Triangle, which was about sharing accountability and support. And uh, you so emphasized the importance of having a small group of friends who can keep us going. Uh, Can you give us some advice? Uh, Pablo, perhaps also from your own experience about how best to gather a group of friends like that. What what kind of qualities do you look for in the the people who would provide that sharing accountability and support through which we get our divine guidance and help?
1: I like this question very much. (laughs) Uh, I can share you my own experience. I have my own uh, AGE, as John Stott called it, advisory group of elders. And uh, uh, it has been changing uh, throughout life because some of them died. Um, I had the privilege of having a great uh, man of God advising and counselling. Um, but I, I think there are two or three requisites which are important. The first one, integrity. Integrity. Um, Integrity is very important. They should be men or women of God. They should love God primarily. Uh, Integrity for me is very important. Men and women who have a, um, I would say, uh, outstanding is not the word, Um, who can be a, a, a torch, A light for others because of their witness. Integrity is very important. Now, secondly, I think it's important uh, to have uh, more senior people, people who are a little bit older than we are. Now, if we are 70, (laughs) this can be more difficult. But especially for young uh, uh, doctors, I think it's important to have people uh, who are about uh, 5, 10, 15 years older than us because uh, we all learn from mistakes. We all learn from mistakes. And mistakes can be a great encouragement. Making a mistake can be the starting point for progress and the mistakes of others can be a help. So these people probably have made more mistakes than we have and they can teach us from their mistakes. And um, thirdly, I would say that if possible, try uh, in this group of two or three, at least one of them uh, should be not a medical doctor apart from your profession, uh, because this gives objectivity helps us to be more objective Um, and if possible uh, mm, someone um, who is uh, who knows well our circumstances our surrounding uh, our uh, the way we are, the way we live our church, who are well acquainted with our circumstances with our in a small world where we live. Um, I think this is also important, important because this gives them uh, more objectivity To I could say more things, but I, I would say these are the three elements I sought uh, in these people.
0: Pablo, you've written a very perceptive book on personality and prayer, making the point that, that we all have different personalities and that our prayer lives may vary uh, depending on what kind of personality we are. And I just, I wanted to ask you a related question about methods of renewal, uh, ways of refreshing ourselves. Are there personality differences uh, in this between people and, and how do we discover what are our best personal means of renewal, that might not be the same thing that help others?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, Yeah, again, thank you for this question. It's a very good question. As I I wrote on this in my book, Praying with the Grain. Um, In in the book, I follow basically the mm, the pattern of uh, typological uh, different types that Jung follows. We don't agree with Jung in some things, but he made some good insights. And Jung says there are four main types of people, the thinking type, the feeling type, the sensation or sensorial type, and the intuitive type. And we are all different. And there is always a predominant type in each one of us. Now, um, these types certainly influence in the way we renew ourselves because at the same time we can be introvert and extrovert so for example let me take my own my own uh, situation i am an introvert and a thinking feeling type so my way of refreshing myself will be certainly different from an extrovert sensorial time who is very fond of outdoor activities and finds renewal much more in being with people. The extrovert renews energy being with people. The introvert renews energy more in the monastery on his own or her own. Um, We can notice, for example, in in a meeting or in a party, in a birthday party, who is an extrovert and who is an introvert by the way we keep rea- reacting. The introvert gets more and more tired as the party goes on. The extrovert gets more and more lively as the party goes on. <laughs> so we have different ways of refreshing ourselves. And the same applies to our own spiritual and emotional life. But what is important is that each one of us makes uh, uh, like, a, like a suit having our own suit a uh, personal structure of renewing ourselves this is why i said we all need a ministry but at the same time we need a monastery a monastery not in the literal sense but a time to refresh and to renew
0: thank you and we're almost out of time now uh, i just wanted to ask you one last question and uh you, you mentioned earlier on the example of Jesus and, and the way that he set very clear priorities. He knew exactly what his mission and calling was in life and uh, and chose to use his time according to that. And uh, th- there's a verse in the scriptures in Luke 5, Luke 5 where it says, Luke 5 verses 15 and 16, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I think it's always been very striking to me that Jesus made deliberate choices sometimes to walk away from the pressing need to spend time with his father and just wondered if in closing if you could make uh, some comments about the importance of the devotional life bible study prayer uh feasting on scripture being with god in in terms of renewal
1: yes uh, i devote uh, the the last chapter in this book take care of yourself to this area which which is absolutely vital Um, We need to find time for prayer, for personal devotion, to renew our own personal fellowship with the Lord. And the example of Jesus, as you well said, is very striking. The busiest he was, the more he needed to go away, to withdraw and have a time in loneliness, fellowship, with the Father and the same happened with us. It's only in fellowship with God that we will be able to discern our priorities and to make our decisions properly. Um, We should not forget that the Holy Spirit guides us and helps us in our weakness. So we need a constant dependence on God and his guidance to know every day what to do, what to refuse, where to go, where not to go. So this constant dependence on the will of God is only achieved through fellowship with the Lord in prayer and through the word, through scriptures. This is why I think it's an excellent way to close by saying that prayer and meditation absolutely vital for our survival as christian doctors the more we neglect prayer and devotional time the weaker we will become so in a more risky situation and the other way around if we want to grow healthy we need to cultivate prayer and our relationship with god
0: thank you so much we've been listening to dr pablo martinez talking to us on the empty pool syndrome So uh, thank you once again, Pablo, for your time and your wisdom with us. We look forward to having you back here again on ICMDA webinars in the future. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you.